We are ex-Overland, and over the past 10 years, my wife and I have established a business doing what we love. Throughout the last 10 years, we have built over 20 Overland vehicles that have taken us and our team around the world as we film our adventures. My name is Clay Croft, and I am the founder and CEO of ex-Overland. On this podcast, we take a deep dive beyond what the camera can capture to offer you as much insight into the world of Overland travel as possible. If you haven't heard the news, Overlander Network just got even better. Overlander Network is the place to find all of ex-Overland's legacy and most current premium content, along with our popular masterclass series teaching you how to build your Overland vehicle from stock. With Overlander Network, you can now watch on your favorite devices through the new Overlander Network app. You can download all your favorite content to take with you on the trail and enjoy ad-free, family-friendly entertainment. You can watch video versions of this podcast, enjoy monthly live streams, and of course, be the first to watch the Nordic series before anyone else. Right now, you can test drive Overlander Network for free for three full days. Take the wheel at overlandernetwork.com. Welcome everybody to the X-Overland podcast. We are virtual and here today we got a lot of exciting things going on. We have Rebecca Donahay with us. Uh, Rebecca We'll get into all of her bio, but uh, she is a film producer of renown and has worked on some major pictures in the past and is doing some really awesome creative content and advertising today with outdoor themes. And she is also an adventure addict. Why? Because adventure creates personal growth. And you could say she's addicted to that, which is super cool. So we're happy to have her on the show. And we also have our amazing podcast admin person and brainstormer with me now for almost a year. And that's Leah Helfelfinger. She is our uh, co-hosting on the show today for the first time. So welcome both of you and let's get this conversation started. Thanks, Jimmy. Good to be here. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So Rebecca, you are zooming in from where? Uh, Marina Del Rey, California. Okay. We're finally getting a little sun here in Montana. It's not California level, but yeah, it's 55. You would actually, okay, you would love this because of your vehicles and adventures and everything you love to do. In Montana, it can be 48 degrees, but if the sun is out and it's spring, you will see convertibles everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) That is, that is the oddest truth. Like dudes just driving down the highway at 70, you know, with the heat on full blast. Yeah. I used to have a Defender 90 and that's what we used to do starting in March. You just have the heat cranked up and the, and the top off all the time. And it's, just, it's just what you do here. Yeah, It gets like 65 here and we're all like shivering. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we talk to people at uh, move here, you know, I've moved here recently from California and it's kind of like that. They're like, when does it really get warm? It's like, well, it yeah. just kind of comes and goes, you know? <laughs> So Rebecca, let's, let's talk a little bit about your background, like getting into, um, I'm going to go way back just to start. So people understand the the world of film production that you come from. Um, you were a producer on some big cinematic films like finding Forrester, uh, which is a former educator. I happen to love, uh, (laughs) taught that for many times, um, where God left his shoes. She gets what she wants. Some of those bigger films. And since then, um, you have moved into it, like it, what I would call adventure ad content. So could, mm-hmm. could you describe a little bit about your professional evolution, maybe how that ties into your personal recreation? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I actually started in theater. Um, I actually started in business and was getting my, um, MBA 
and started working with the drama school. Um, this while is at Yale, right? Yeah, I got my um, MBA there. And the drama school, we could construct whatever kind of degree we we wanted. Mm. And I wanted to focus on entertainment. And as I was contemplating going into um, the business side of entertainment, more of the strategy or corporate level or what have you. I was working with the drama school um, students there and realizing I was getting up at at like uh, 8 a.m. to get through all of my business classes just to get to my 11 p.m. rehearsal with them. And I'd be running lights and creating basically atmosphere for these amazingly creative people to do what they do best. And um, went and did some informational interviews and talked to a bunch of folks about what, how that translates. What, what does that mean? What, what kind of job is that? And uh, they're like, well, that's definitely not strategy. If you want to be involved in any creative side whatsoever, uh, you should uh, definitely, you're going to have to start from the bottom. You're going to have to swallow your pride and work as an assistant and work your way up. It's an apprenticeship type of industry. Um, So your degree means nothing. Um, you kind of start from the bottom and, um, what you're describing is a producer. And I was like, awesome. Okay, great. Um, so $150,000 in debt, I'm going to start a job as a secretary. Cool. <laughs> wow. <laughs> a lot of people in the United States do that. <laughs> Pivot. Um, so yeah, I, I um, put myself through undergrad and grad school and was like, well, I, I'm the only person to answer to as far as this goes. I'm the one taking the risks. And I, I really, I knew what my classmates were doing was the more traditional route, investment banking, consulting, all that stuff. And I knew I would be very unhappy doing that. So I needed to do what I would ultimately be happy with. Um, and even though that meant a lot of, you know, struggle at first, um, and deferring on your loans and all that stuff. Um, and then just worked through the ranks and and started working in, I, I started at CAA, which is the big uh, talent agency, ended up working for one of our clients, which was Sean Connery, which is why I worked on the film Finding Forrester, and then um, hopped into, okay, I wanna do, I wanna do film. I, I had originally wanted to do theater and I met with someone who was extremely successful in theater and he said, if you have a desire to do anything else, do that. Go make a pile of money doing that and then go set it on fire in theater. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Nothing like a dose of reality. <laughs> yeah. I've heard um, stories like that. Yeah, he, he's amazing and did. he had my exact degree and, and went from the business side to become a creative director in one of the most successful um, Broadway theater companies and still had that advice. And I was like, okay, I'm interested in, you know, film, television, all that fun stuff. So maybe I'll give that a try, but it was a a risk because I'd never done it. And anyway, went and did it and uh, started at the bottom, went to work for one of our clients, which is ridiculous that I got to make that jump. Then did a bunch of other type of of, uh, projects. That was a studio film. I went and did an independent film. I did television. I did... And I wanted to have just a breadth of experience. So I would take a project because I didn't know how to do it. And I would just start, okay, I'm going to learn huge amount um, doing it. And then uh, as I was progressing, I was starting to develop um, projects. And a friend of mine was in commercials and she said, you know, you can, you can make 
good money in commercials work for one quarter of the time and have time to do other things. And I was like, that sounds like a fantastic idea. And I always thought commercials are, you know, not that exciting. It's dumb. It's whatever. But I ended up having such a great time. I got to work with amazing directors. We got to work with Sidney Pollack, Catherine Bigelow, oh, wow. um, John Wu. Like I got to work with some amazing people and this was their playground. Like there wasn't oh, wow. a lot of stake for them mm -hmm. so they could have fun. And the budgets were decent or, or very good at the time. And we had all the toys and stuff. So I learned so much really quickly. And then I had time to spend on projects outside of what I was doing for commercial work. But then I just basically got into, I joined a company um, that was all primarily advertising content. And it just took me on that path. And Leah, you mentioned, you asked me before if I was mostly um, producer and I, I have directed things, but mm -hmm. my my bread and butter, my job, the things I'm paid for mm -hmm. um, are as producer. And I want to create that world for the, for the people who have amazing visions and how can I help make that happen? So my job gotcha. is all the logistics, right. everything from budget to uh, planning to figuring out how to land a helicopter in Yankee stadium, you know, or how do we create this silly puppet mm -hmm. that we need to talk to a, a human or whatever. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I try to learn something with every project and then I, it, it takes over your world though. And I knew that was what I was going to be always like, um, mm -hmm. whatever you're doing, I, I kind of submerge myself in. So I needed it to be something that I enjoyed. And mm -hmm. so I still enjoy, um, commercials, but now I've gotten to a point where I, I don't want to do yogurt commercials. <laughs> I don't want to work in fashion or, or the beauty stuff that I was doing as well. And wanted to start doing more, um, in line with hobbies. Like, um, I started doing, I started surfing, I started rock climbing. It was all these things that I was doing that I'm like, I, I like that. And I'd rather be doing that than work. Mm -hmm. So how do I make work have a little bit more of that? Mm -hmm. And I actually met with a filmmaker, Sinway Xavier, who advised me, he was like, well, just start your own personal story. Start telling that kind of story in your, in your personal life. It'll spill over into your work life. And so I started, obviously, with social media, it helps. But as I'm doing all these adventures, I make it known that I'm doing these adventures. And then suddenly these projects come in mm -hmm. with these production companies that I freelance for. And they're like, oh, this is, you know, it's an off-road uh, adventure. Or this has, you know, river rafting and rock climbing. Oh, that's a Rebecca project. Mm -hmm. And I'll get the call. Um, and I work with now these directors who are spectacular uh, they, they started in adventure, um, as athletes and now they are filmmakers. And so they come from the world of, um, I just worked on this huge project in Utah, um, earlier this year. And my entire crew basically has summited Everest multiple times. So these folks are, they're up for anything, anything. you can throw at them, huge problem solvers. They don't believe in the excess of silliness that I found with all these other projects and everything started to I have this nice little Venn diagram of my hobbies and my work and my friends and they all kind of mm -hmm. mesh together now a bit uh, have a lot more crossover I'll still do the yogurt commercial now and then <laughs> but <laughs> that's what's going on today pay for my adventures <laughs> yeah it sounds like there's a real synthesis now 
you know, with your yeah. life, like there's, there's integration. And, uh, and, and this, I think leads us into some talk about personal growth and adventure and, and everything you do, Rebecca, because it's, it's a case of, in which, you know, if somebody is, is really, you know, leading an authentic life, um, you might say, you know, and what they do personally and recreationally and their friendships, like if, if you can find a way to have that happen, so it all ties together, I, I think it comes be, from leading an authentic life, from being, you know, true to yourself and challenging yourself. I guess that's it. Like, how do you find that inner self? That, yeah. that you're trying to lead, right? Um, and, and maybe for you, it sounds like you, you've been doing that through adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the biggest thing about all of that is trying to know yourself, trying to get to know yourself and get to know the things that you're good at, things you're passionate about, things you suck at. Or things you <laughs> want to start doing. Yeah, anything that you're like interested in, having listened to people, I mean, we can talk a little bit about like how you, in you know, your work life, you should pursue things that you love, but that's not the case for everyone. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what, what things interest you? How can you pursue them outside of, of work life Mm -hmm. and try and get a a good balance so that you're feeding your, feeding your soul, feeding your Mm -hmm. brain. Um, you know, work is, work is work for some people. And for me, I, I need it to have bit more integration. And as it was feeling divergent for a while, I was, okay, I'm going to need to start telling a different story so I can make it come together again and, and still be passionate about my work. But, you know, it, it, the way I could do that is it fits with hopefully moving towards my adventure, um, uh, interests and, right. and integrate that better. Um, but yeah, I think it comes from like, just, just knowing yourself, knowing what thinking, asking questions, you know, what do I like? What am I passionate about? What am I missing? Um, and then taking the steps to, to start doing those things. But a lot of those things for me have been what scares me. And it's not like seeking adrenaline necessarily. Cause I've had people say, Ooh, you're adrenaline junkie. Absolutely not. I will, I will prep and plan myself completely <laughs> I'm very safe about it. <laughs> right. right. Measured risks. You know, I don't right. want just the, I don't like that. I actually want to kind of, I don't want to conquer it, but I want to face it. So mm-hmm. this, this all kind of started when I had a, a friend who said, oh, we should, we should go surfing. We'll meet cute boys going surfing. <laughs> and I was like, ah, I'm really terrified of water. I don't like waves. I'm not a fan of the beach, you know, all that. And then I was like, ah, cute guys. Okay, we'll go. (laughs) Um, And Rebecca, before you get into the surfing story, because I I love this story and I can't wait for you to tell it. Um, But I want to clarify, right? Because I feel like we're segueing here Mm -hmm. into your philosophy Um, Mm -hmm. and your philosophy, you know, from, from what I can tell, it's, it's, finding personal growth through adventure like using it has something to do with that and yeah like am i am i on the right track there like like, yeah for sure yeah i mean i I think um it's about yeah um (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna jump in there for a second but when when your friend Senway said, um, you know, you start telling your story and then your work will start to, um, you know, twist and turn and, and kind of develop into that. Um, I've had similar experiences in my life where I've noticed 
um, the more I talk about my my hopes, my goals, my dreams, the things that I want to do, maybe they are not on the calendar yet. Um, if you just like don't say anything about them, you just kind of store them in the back of your brain, nothing ever happens. But right. the more you start conversing about them, even just saying like, gosh, I, I tell your friend, like, I have this dream. I want to go do this. And then the next time you see them like, hey, what happened? Like, did you ever do that? Did you ever do that thing? And then you're all of a sudden you're held accountable and someone else is like, hey, I have this friend and they wanted to do that. And maybe they'll match you up. And um, so it is like this more, the more dialogue, the more conversation, the more you throw it out into the universe that like you're looking for adventure, the more mm -hmm. it actually like it comes to find you. Yeah. And I think that's um, something yeah, that a lot of our that. listeners are looking for. It's true. I think I, um, this, when we talk about like my philosophy, it's, it's just something that for, for me works because I have found that through doing something that's a little scary, doing something that's adventure, it puts you in an extreme circumstance where you're suddenly potentially learning a very valuable lesson that I wouldn't learn otherwise, or it would take me forever to learn. But because I've put myself in a situation where I'm having to face something, um, those lessons come fast and furious and almost like it's a practice for that in real life. Yes. Um, that it, it was a little bit of an epiphany when I, when I went surfing, where it was a matter of like, I'm terrified of water, but I go for this training session and I start seeing water in a different way. Okay. That was a little bit of a hint. Mm -hmm. And then I hire a, a, an instructor and we, you know, I'm like, I want to learn how to do this. I want to learn to do it right. And he, this lesson, he kept trying to get me to learn, um, which was let go. And when you're like tumbled in the washing machine under the water, you're uh, just let go and you'll pop up. And I'm like, absolutely not. Every, every fiber in my being is going, yeah. no, fight it. You know, like right. I need to swim up. I need to get out of this situation. And one day as I'm just being pounded into the sand and, you know, over and over in this washing machine, I, I hear him say it, let go, let go. And I just relaxed. I let go and I popped right up mm -hmm. and I'm a control freak. It's make, it makes me very good at my job to control all the, all the pieces, all the logistics and stuff. But that one little moment in surfing mm -hmm. and suddenly I was able to come out of that going, oh, I, if I just let, if I just relax about something, mm -hmm. it's gonna, it can happen. Maybe there are things that I need to let go of in, in work or in my relationships or stuff like that. It was just this little epiphany that happened. And so then after that, I was like, what other little things could come from me doing something that maybe I'm uncomfortable with, like get myself out of the comfort zone, do something else. So when my friend asked me if I wanted to go rock climbing, I was like, hell no, wait. <laughs> I had a really good lesson last time. Maybe I'll do another one. <laughs> I'm scared of heights. Like, okay, I'm not going to conquer that, but what things might I learn from putting myself in a situation I'm where saying I'm, yes. I'm facing it. And so I learned to breathe through that fear, to, to recognize what's irrational. Like I'm in my gear. I'm the, the trust I develop with my belay, um, the other person on the other end of the rope with my, with my equipment, with the idea that this is overwhelming. I am terrified. My very first day I went, I got stuck eight feet up. Like it was just eight feet. You could jump from that, but I was frozen with fear. And the idea that like, there's not, there's so much irrational about that. Breathe through it. If you can just breathe through it, you can move on. And that 
literally that one time I'm stuck eight feet up. Mm. I ended up topping out. I ended up topping out because I listened to my instructor. I, he was like, just breathe through it, breathe through it, you know, find your way, find your way, find your way. And that was one lesson that came out. It was just breathe through the fear. So when I'm walking into a room, I'm, I'm nervous and I'm starting to get, it's just like, breathe, just breathe through it. It's going to be fine. There's a lot of it that's irrational. And it was, but it was a physical like manifestation of that, that, that helped me learn that lesson. Mm -hmm. So it was just knowing, discovering that a physical practice can translate into everything else Mm -hmm. for me. That's how I can learn. I can take quantum leaps by doing something like that. And, and with the rock climbing came also the idea of you're overwhelmed with this giant wall. You're stuck on it. Like, I can't find I can't find it. Like I'm stuck. There's, I don't have, my arms aren't long enough. Like there's no way I'm tired. I'm never going to make it. And just thinking, just thinking inches, thinking millimeters. There's something that your, your little, your, your fingertips are going to get. And then suddenly, Oh, I can make the next one. So stop thinking of it as a huge thing and just think in inches. Mm -hmm. How many times that can apply in regular life is, Phenomenal. I got to jump in here too and say like how applicable this is to overlanding and, and that just yesterday, Rebecca, I did a podcast with Clay and Tanner and we were answering questions from fans about like problems they have involving getting started in overlanding. And it, you know, most of them were these kind of overwhelming notions of what overlanding is. And like, I live in New Jersey. How am I ever going to do this? Right or that it takes so much time or so much money. And, you know, it just seemed like the wall that you described. And I'm thinking about how applicable your philosophy is for people in that, in those shoes, in terms of just get one little handhold, right? Just, mm-hmm. just start somewhere, uh, go, go pitch a tent in your backyard, mm-hmm. right? Go uh, learn how to use a navigation app and see if you can make it 20 miles away to a campground. Mm-hmm. Start, right? Start somewhere and um, have a conversation with your partner about it. Um, like Leah was saying, you know, as far as getting in touch with yourself and getting on this path to adventure and uh, a, a profession that <clears throat> me- meshes with it, all of them, just a life path. I feel like one of the first steps is getting the emotional courage to express what's in your heart about mm-hmm. what you want to do and who you want to do it with and where you want to go and, you know, and being willing to face rejection uh, mm-hmm. from whomever, uh, but putting yourself out there, as you said, Leah, and mm-hmm. then the universe responds to that in, mm-hmm. in some cool ways. Yeah. I think for some of our listeners, like the very first step isn't like, what car am I going to take or where am I going to go? It's literally just telling your friends that you want to go. And yeah. who knows, like maybe yeah. your bestie wants to go with you and that you just needed the right group and that's you know the the motivation will will come from somewhere yeah i i wanted to take a long like i wanted to be able to take a long road trip a long off-road trip a long camping trip mm-hmm. and to, to do it solo and that can be terrifying really oh, terrifying boy. yeah um i did a 16 day you know two lane only don't touch a highway kind of thing i bought a delica four-wheel drive van and was just like i want to drive it yeah, mm-hmm. the Delica story. I heard that I story. Hear I love story. it. <laughs> you know, Leah knows about it. I, I do. Heard it yet. It's I like do. a fifteen hundred mile trip from that I was taking. If you go straight, but I did three thousand miles. It's did a three day trip. I did sixteen days. I was like, I'm just gonna 
EKG my track. I mean, there was a couple of things there. The delicate doesn't go very fast. So did okay. you self-imposed rule? You're like two lane roads only. Yeah, I didn't want. Point? Yeah, I didn't want eighteen wheelers screaming at my rear. <laughs> no, you know, gosh, no. thing. And, and I needed it to be a. a um, I needed it to be an adventure, not a terrifying one. And, um, but I'd be, but again, that has its own challenges where you're in the middle of nowhere, you've got to manage your, your fuel range. You've got to manage, um, if anything happened to, and this is a 1993 four wheel drive Delica star wagon, you know, it's diesel, uh, it's a cab over engine. Like there, I know how to fix some things, but this is, this was something like, I'm going to be getting to know this vehicle as I'm driving it in the middle of nowhere. But I didn't like, I could jump into that kind of stuff. Now. I think I I'm a little bit more risk taking now, but I started out that whole idea years ago when I would go rock climbing and I was like, I'm going to want to take a solo trip, but I'm, it's terrifying. So I would, I started it by going one day early and then my friends were joining the next day. So I'm like, Oh, that. everyone's going on Friday. I'm going to go on Thursday. Mm. I'm going to set up camp. I love that so much. Sleep by myself for one night. See mm -hmm. how that goes. You know? Yeah. And it's a big deal. I think that's a lot of another struggle. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, go for it. Just jump in. Like, jump into the deep end with the sharks, like go for it. And then other times it, it's like it's, our brains don't necessarily work that way. So it's kind of just knowing, trying to get to know yourself and how do you get where you need to go? What makes sense to you for, for how you learn or how you take steps or, or, or whatever. And then, and sometimes those lessons or though that knowledge doesn't come naturally and we have to mm -hmm. You have to provide yeah. yourself an opportunity to make that, to have those yeah. reactions. Make those discoveries. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Which There's is a little bit of letting go there, like back to your philosophy, 100%. like, because that's how you start learning. Like if you truly are in control all the time, you're, mm -hmm. you're probably, you're going to be limited in how much you're going to learn. And something that I found fascinating about your philosophy and adventure, Rebecca, is I've, I've had this, um, philosophy of adventure will find me despite my best efforts. So like, I try <laughs> to stay in 100% control, keep everybody and everything, you know, mm -hmm. on track, safe as possible, blah, 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 blah. And then yeah. at some point, maybe, you know, it's the unexpected happens. Now it's an adventure, but yeah. your approach uh, is so different in that, you know, in a very calculating way, you are attempting things based upon you know, what you think you might learn from this, at least this is what I, I hear, you know, this is my interpretation, <laughs> like to the point to where it's like the first, the first thing for me was going surfing. And from that experience, I learned to let go as a controlling person, right. Is having like, you're like, I'm a control freak. It's like, I can relate to that, but believe me. And you're like, I learned how to let go and, and that I can do that in my life. I, I can do that. Right. Um, and then the next time it was rock, rock climbing. And you learn this bit about when you are feeling overwhelmed with the challenge, you know, mm -hmm. one finger hold here, Smaller one more steps. foot, small steps, <laughs> and then yeah. trust whoever is around you, trying to support you, like learn to trust people and equipment and things that are going on. So you took like those lessons and then it's like, I see you going, okay, so what, it, what am I going to do next? And why am I going to do it? Right? Like what, what do I think I might learn from it? that I can apply to my life. Is that kind of how you approach this? Yeah. And I, I have friends who are like, how do you find these adventures that you're doing? And I'm like, well, we'll just start Googling and start, you know, researching stuff. I'm, oh, I, I find that 
adventure completely ridiculous. Why do I find it ridiculous? And then what am I afraid of? Okay, maybe maybe I'm interested in doing that. Like the the gazelles <laughs> that came up, I was like, oh my god, the idea of being lost in the middle of. Mm-hmm. North African Sahara Desert. This is the Rally the Gazelles, the Aisha Aisha Rally Aisha de Gazelles. Yeah. And do you want to give like a brief overview of like what that is? Yeah. Because that was your first rally. Yes. That was my very first rally. I did not know what I was doing. I just heard about it from my friend Sabrina. And was this after surfing and rock climbing? This was after surfing and rock climbing and like kind of, you know, thinking, oh, and and sailing. So I, I like deep op- ocean water. I was like, okay, this terrifies me, but I really want to go to the British Virgin Islands and charter a boat. And blah. so yes. I was like, I'll learn to sail, you know, whatever. Take me next time. I want to do that. Yeah. I had no idea what I was doing, but I'm like, ah, jump in and do. Here's the thing is I do in the control thing. I will do everything I can to mitigate factors. So I will do instruction. I won't just go, oh, surfing. I'll just grab a board and go out there. No, I, take I a get lesson. an instructor and yeah. get lessons. And then I'm like, then I'm learning the right way and I'm not creating more fear than I'm conquering or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the whole idea of the gazelles was, oh, it's an adventure. I'm just going to do this as an adventure. And, you know, terrifies me. I know I get angry when I get lost yeah. and I get real pissed. Yeah. And I'm going to have a partner who's not going to be really happy with that. Uh, I probably shouldn't do this. And I'm like, actually, it's probably exactly what I should be doing because mm-hmm. it's going to make me. Yeah, you stretch and grow and then you figure out how to react yeah. in that situation. Yeah. And then you're on to the and, next thing. Um, and I, I blew it big time on one of the days. I plotted a point on the wrong quadrant of the planet and we got <laughs> lost for like mm-hmm. six hours. Mm-hmm. And it was awful and this is in morocco right North. we did two weekends of training and then went and did this crazy rally and was like but we can do it sure, sure. we just want to not Others. die and finish and um <laughs> we should have been a bit more specific about our goals <laughs> i think but, that was one of your guys's mottos right of uh in the rebel rally was uh, but did you die <laughs> right oh, yeah <laughs> That is that was guys, right? and it's crazy every once in a while doing a butt pucker. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, Ooh, oh, like did you die? <laughs> I had a motorcycle coach tell me that uh, last fall I took a, a adventure riding class from Chris Birch and that man is insane rider. And I was terrified and I got to some place. I'm like, Chris, like, that's it. Like, that's my max. He's like, you're alive, aren't you? Yeah. And he just rode off, you know, it's like, like, well, <laughs> okay, I guess fine. we keep going. <laughs> so get back on. <laughs> yeah. Those are the things like put yourself in situations that you can't quite wiggle out of, but because you're all of your defenses are going up or whatever, mm-hmm. or you're norm, just, you're just getting out of your comfort zone. And what can you discover? What are you going to be on the other side of that? You won't know if you can easily get out of those. So the fact that he took you on something that you could not easily then just bail out of, you have to push through it and you've got to find something in you to do that. And so knowing that that's like, oh, that could, that could bring about something great. Eh, it could bring about nothing. It really could. You could just be in a struggle fest that you're just like, my God, I just want this to end. But inevitably something is going to click. I, I believe, and it may not necessarily click right away. It might be six months, nine months down the line. And you're like, Oh my God, actually what I learned from that was so like, Mm. I now will do things where I think, Oh, this is going to be like, there's going to be some profound experience that comes from this. Not necessarily, but if I'm putting myself 
in, and it's not discomfort for discomfort's sake. It's not like let's struggle for struggle's sake, but it's like, I'm putting myself in something that's going to be difficult for me. It's I'm going to have to get out of my comfort zone to, to do it or to complete it or finish it. I'm not happy when extra difficulties come along. Like I don't go, Oh, how do we make this more difficult? It's like, right. no, actually, it, how do we get through it in a better way? And how do I, how do I do better? How, how can the situation be better? Whatever. That's right. my natural way of thinking anyway. But, but because you're doing that and you're putting yourself in that, you're, something's going to break through for you. Right. And sometimes Some. those lessons I think are not um, immediately clear mm-hmm. and that, you know, that, that um, trip or thing that, that, that happened was perfect. There was no flaws, nothing, mm-hmm. nothing exciting happened. Like, yeah, it was great. We all had a great time. And then like years down the road, you just, you think, oh my gosh, I remember that that trip we thought nothing happened but really we got that one flat tire and all of a sudden now i know you know like whatever it may be it wasn't a huge light bulb moment then yeah but it will be later on um yeah, yeah. and also like, going back to like your the rally the rally asia de gazelles oh, yeah. um, i think i'm pronouncing that maybe slightly wrong but um okay. it's kind of why i decided to do the rebel rally like i knew i wanted to jump into something that i had no idea what i was doing like i never held a compass Mm. in my life um but what i liked about that and and same with like your surfing story and even your rock climbing story you can put yourself into a risk a more risky situation but still have a a safety net and yeah right like you're taking calculated risks in your life and so for a lot Mm -hmm. of our listeners i think that's exactly where they're like well i can't just like leave my job i can't just um jump in the car and go um no, and I don't, I wouldn't recommend that to anybody. You, you yeah. do things, <laughs> you do things um, planned to a degree, right? Like I want to drive to Alaska and I'm not going to know every single gas station from here. Well, I'm in Arizona, from here, from Arizona to Alaska. Like there's right. going to be some things that we just figure out, but I, do I have the means of being safe? Do I have the means of calling somebody like, yeah, know? I think that's a, an overwhelming thought for yeah. some people. I do believe in measured risks and I, and like, oh, I want right. to be able to. I want to be able to take trips where I can do any kind of of travel, any type of travel I want. Where I'm, I'm, I've got the water stuff, so I could sail. I've got the land stuff now. I can, I can um, navigate across land. Um, I'm going to get my pilot's license. I yes, you air. are. Oh, awesome! <laughs> yes, awesome. you are. But, um, but I want to be able to adventure in any way that I want. And, um, I remember telling my mother, I was going to go do the rally. I should take gazelles. And she was like, be in the middle of North Africa in an Arabic country. And you're all, it's an all women, all female rally. I'm like, are you sure? And I was like, mom, this is probably the safest way I will ever travel because there's an entire organization tracking us. They're tracking you. Yeah. Exactly. I can be lost. I won't know where I am maybe. And there are dangerous things that can happen, but I am basically being tracked by everyone that is Correct. in that organization. There is medical support. There is mechanical support. There is whatever is needed. If there is a dire situation, I'm going to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. So it's probably the safest way I'll ever travel. I don't have that. And I just did that trip with uh, Emily Miller and a group of women. And mm-hmm. we just went you were just the there. same route that I'm um, basically a lot of the same route that we did in the gazelle, but we did it on our mm-hmm. own. We didn't have the organization. It was just seven oh, cool. women and a photographer. And we're like, let's do it. And we did it in stock. I love that. Four wheel drive stock SUV. 
So hey, I got to jump in real quick and just say, you know, before we got on this podcast, Rochelle Croft wanted me to tell you a big hello, Rebecca. And um, she, well, that's it. Like we, we've done it. We did a podcast together, Rochelle and I, and it, it's called why I went to Morocco. And, and she just, you know, reca recalls all these wild stories of that event. And then the personal side of why she went and what was inside of her and what was going on. Mm -hmm. uh, but I remember this colorful anecdote about it being a French rally and, and her being American and, there was this kind of funny tension between the French and the Americans <laughs> where it was like trying to figure out what was going on. Like that was another dimension another of level confusion of like... and challenge. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we, we trained yeah. before, but, but it's just, you know, you've got, it's basically like it's basic training. Like how do you drive a vehicle over obstacles? How do you drive it in sand? And then good luck. Um, because all of the, all the entire rally is done in French and there's a translator there, which, you know, the, the morning briefings are like half an hour. And then the translator turn around and say basically two minutes of like, so, you know, there's going to be this and that today. And you're like, wait, Seems like we might have been <laughs> Wait a minute, what was that half hour? <laughs> and, and, well, that's it was definitely, you know, and Emily, um, thankfully, as our mentor, basically, that's how it started. Um, you know, and she she went over there. She was one of the first ones to ever compete. And, you know, nobody knew anything about it. And she didn't. So she didn't have anyone to, to give her the briefing like like we did, she didn't have anyone who, to tell her like, Hey, this is how it's going to go. She was figuring it out from nothing. Um, but she's, you know, pro driver and a sponsored manufacturer driver. She's amazing and wanted to then translate that for other folks like me who had right. zero experience, but Hey, it's a crazy mm -hmm. adventure. You can go do it. And for me, it's like mm -hmm. the endurance adventures are what interests me, not racing. Like speed doesn't interest me. Correct. Endurance, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. testing your metal, over a length of time, you know, putting something with, with your vehicle or whatever it is, you know, mm -hmm. the, my, mm -hmm. the, the things I like the most are the things that take a week, two weeks, whatever, maybe a month. And how do you get through? It's only through an extended amount of time that I feel you're going to, you're going to get the best growth, the best lessons come, the best breakdowns and breakthroughs and all the stuff that, all the challenges that come with an endurance uh, situation. And yeah, there are like 24 hour endurance things that you're going to get something like that. But I feel like days where you basically just, you face wanting to quit, you face, you know, being too exhausted to go on that you face the brain too tired and you're making mistakes. How do you deal with mistakes? How do you deal with blame? How do you deal with responsibilities? How do you deal with communication? All that stuff breaks down over time and then builds back up in a way. And you've got to give it that time, I feel. So my adventures are like, you know, um, seven days across Morocco on a tiny little 50cc pit bike, you know, 12 days across Mongolia on the same stupid thing. <laughs> and I want to hear some stories about this stuff. Like, I mean, before we, we jump right into what I'll just say that I, I'm so inspired by your approach to adventure, Rebecca, because it is so well thought out in terms of like what experience you're looking for and how you grow from it. And, you know, you're it's so not just, well, I'm going to, you know, look for an adrenaline rush or I'm just going to go do this. It You're really looking at your life and yourself and what is available to do and, and making 
you know, being very intentional yeah. about what you're doing to get as much as you can from the experience. Um, even, and it breaks down a lot of, I think, um, I guess just conventional ways of thinking, maybe Leah, like, you know, most people would think racing, 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 you know, and I think of like big factory teams and everything's optimized toward efficiency and state of the art and going as fast as you can between two points. And I hear Rebecca talking about, she's looking for the endurance factor, right? The, the challenge of, of the navigation and the distances involved and, and what you have to like draw on within yourself. And that's, that's just such a refreshingly different way to look at it that I think can lead to a lot more growth. Mm -hmm. I um, think that type of travel, it's just, it's so the mentality behind it is parallel to life. Like our lives are long and monotonous <laughs> and the mm -hmm. day in and day out, but like, yeah. like more often than not, not many of us are trying to like get it all done today, you know, like go as fast as we can. Like we have to continue slowly progressing it's and doing and one handhold at a time, one foothold at a time. Yeah. I kind of, I, I kind of envision Rebecca someday in a vintage Porsche doing the Dakar in that classic, the classic uh, class. It's like a class for classic vehicles. That's a great like class. That. I love that. It's my favorite. Well, tell tell you the, the motorcycle, uh, the uh, the Motul, the Mali Mali Motul. Oh, solo motorcycle! Oh my God, those yeah athletes. I mean, they're unbelievable because it's. It's yeah. human power. It's yes, they're on a motorcycle, but I mean, my God, it's them and the elements. It's them and the challenges. Mm -hmm. It takes so much strength and endurance and mentally. Like I, I feel like having come from nothing close to this world, the fact that I have friends in that category in Dakar, I'm like, I've made it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah you can go have a drink but they're telling you stories about that they're actually doing it yeah they're they're really well, I got the coolest class it. and then and then the classic class is really cool because then it's you know <laughs> then it's about these crazy vehicles that aren't like built for it they're they're you know it is a challenge in a great way and it's it's kind of it harkens back to the to the way Takar used to be run yeah the mm -hmm. spirit of mm -hmm. it all mm-hmm so uh monkey bikes in it looks like morocco too you've done you've done this in two parts Twice, of the yeah world. so i mean i'm just envisioning what people you like as you guys ride by like locals even but what was that let's hear some yeah stories. we were in uh, when we were just in morocco the photographer was like wait you did what and i was like well we i did uh emmy and i did uh I, I talked Emmy into coming with me to Mongolia to do 12 days on a 50 CC little, like it's a mini cafe racer. Like the, the wheels are like this big. <laughs> My back hurts just kind of thinking about that. 12 he days just looks at me and goes, going across Mongolia. Why the hell would you do that? And I was like, hey, why not? <laughs> why not? Exactly. Why not? Because it's fun. Because it was like, mm -hmm. it's a challenge. It's whatever. Well, why not just take a regular bike? Okay. Well, let me tell you this. We, when we were in Morocco, I having crossed it in a, in a vehicle and you're, you're going through these towns and the kids or the locals are coming out and talking, you can roll up your windows and just go, you can avoid it. You, you don't have to deal with, you're not vulnerable. You are vulnerable, but you're, you can avoid vulnerability on a motorcycle. Mm -hmm. You cannot avoid that vulnerability. You mm -hmm. are vulnerable 
in all senses. And I was like, oh, this is going to be really scary, but we're going to do it in a very planned way. And then we'll be able to veer off of our plan at any point. We can crumple it up and throw it out the window, but to, to plan as much as possible to then be able to throw it out the window. And there, there, again, it was four, it was four women. It was me and three friends of mine of varying levels of adventure experience. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how can I make sure that they don't quit after like day three mm-hmm. when it's so you're a leader in some of this, these was, adventures. Too. I was like, I will navigate. Let's plan it all. We went through, I was like, I want them to have buy-in to what this adventure is so that they mm-hmm. feel like it's their choices. They're not being like pushed into stuff that they don't want to do, but knowing that I, I needed to leave room for me to have like my level of adventure that I wanted mm-hmm. to have. And that meant I wanted to navigate by a map, not by turn by turn mm-hmm. stuff. I want to be making decisions, which means I could be making mistakes, Mm-hmm. Then I have to deal with the consequences of that, but I need to make it do it in a way that I can keep us all safe in a very vulnerable way of traveling. Mm-hmm. But because you're on these stupid little bikes, <laughs> you are not, you're not a threat as these loud Americans or whatever we are. You're not a threat. You're not seen as a threat and you mm-hmm. are somehow, it's the most disarming way to, to travel. So people look at you and go, what are you Ooh. doing? And how can I help you? <laughs> Like it's just, yeah, right. it's a different, it was just, it put us in a different uh, mm-hmm. connection with people by b- make that mm-hmm. vulnerability, but also just, it's silly. Like you can't be threatened by us. And you certainly, mm-hmm. it's so silly that nobody wanted to, <laughs> to do anything mm-hmm. but, he- but help us basically. And there were mm-hmm. huge lessons that came out of that trip. But when the Mongol, I've been wanting to do Mongolia and I had signed up. I'd been wanting to go to Mongolia. So I signed up for this adventure that was supposed to take place in June of 2020. And it was going to be on mm-hmm. big 150, not big. Those are still small. But for, <laughs> for it's all relative. Yeah. For me, it's big. So I took it. I took it. I was like, I'm going, I'm going to, I don't care if I have to do it by myself. I'll like be a, you know, a leech on this group of people there. But it was like 12 people. This guy from Australia was, organizing and i i found it and was like i want to i want to join you and he's like well i don't have a space and i just with my crazy passionate emails of like no i must you know and you really desperately need an american on this trip you know like he finally agreed just okay and um and rochelle and and clay actually were were um, talking about coming too and so i was like hardcore gonna train for it i went to jimmy speaking of jimmy lewis yeah, I was like, I'm going to find the, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I know what I'm doing before I go mm-hmm. again, same approach, hire an instructor mm-hmm. that you know, yeah, put yourself you in a good place so that here exactly. you're uh, experiencing you put the, to- the right tools in yeah. your tool belt and then you can deal with mm-hmm. all the rest of the crap. But so I'm like training with the guy who trains the winners of Dakar for this little herder bike. And I had to convince him to let me come to one of his classes he's like i don't train beginners and i was like my life is in your hands <laughs> you're gonna train me <laughs> i will learn from my your, your emails are very convincing gonna, yeah. for preparing for this podcast they were so much fun to read i've never read i, more I can emails. persuade a lot of folks to do Right. Um, also, I'm good at my job, but the I'm gonna say that has been your job for so long. Yeah. Like you make weird things happen. Yeah. Like you're like, I have to make this happen for make this it happen. So I'm like thing. training and training, and I'm like, and then the pandemic hits, and I'm like, that's fine. It'll be over by June. 
yeah. that I couldn't convince yeah. to go away. So, um, so when that adventure got canceled, I was like, well, I'll just keep looking for something else. And then the adventurous who had done the Morocco thing had the Mongolia. I was like, I was really hoping to like stretch myself as a writer, but you know what? That will be stupid to do that across Mongolia for 12 days. I'm in, let's pack a tiny bag, put it on the back of my bike. And who's going to go with me? I was like, the, I talked to Emmy about it and I was like, come on, this is like adventure of a lifetime kind of thing. And she was like, oh yeah, yeah. And then every month, cause we, we paid for it. Like we started paying for it. And then it was like a year and a half later we were going and every month she'd be like, what's this thing? When are we going? What, what, are we what did I sign up for? <laughs> what did I sign on for? <laughs> and so when we got there, I had been like Dakar trained and like super prepped. And she just kind of just jumped in. And she mm-hmm. she said she did regret not training more for it because it took her many, many days to get really into and these little bikes. You just she's like, it's 50 cc's, it's gonna ride itself. But they're 50 cc's of fragility because so if you're dropping it if you're falling off or whatever you're breaking something so inevitably things get things get broken but then you talk to the yeah that immerses you in the culture yeah. and you have to you talk, talk to, to people who are there to they help, help you, you fix your them. suspension you know they do yeah and you're it was an amazing experience and again vulnerable but laughable and mm-hmm. just made it you know that much more of a, a strange adventure and put your put yourself out there in a way that a bit uncomfortable but you figure it out <laughs> that's like the motto of my life these days is being comfortable being uncomfortable yes learning how to be and i keep telling my son the same thing but he's only seven nolan you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable yeah. it is what it it's is the- like, that is just life if you're always comfortable you're pretty much bored right like you're not doing anything yeah so let's try yeah just try something yeah well, I just love how how Rebecca's philosophy in in traveling, right? Like a big thing too, where I feel like we're talking about here is is adventure travel, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. As a theme, yeah. and um, I feel like the the thought that you give to what the human and cultural experience will be as a result of how you're traveling is a really useful thing for overlanders to consider of all yeah. types. You know, what message are you putting out by what you're traveling on or in and your mm-hmm. approach? And is it something that, you know, is going to make people turn away or be scared or want to rob you or mm-hmm. right versus like what you're saying, like maximizing vulnerability with a little bit of comedy at the same time? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a brilliant concept for traveling. I think, I think. Um, and I think, uh, as women, we have to think of that stuff kind of all the time, no matter where we go, we have to think of Mm -hmm. how much risk are we taking? How much danger are we putting ourselves in? What kind of, what kind of image are we putting out there? Because that is going to, what's going to be coming back to me kind of thing. And it's, um, I don't like that. I don't like being restricted by that. Like I want to just be able to do what I want to do. And, but we um, naturally you have to have to think about that all the time. So I think it just becomes a natural thing when I travel, I think about, especially when I'm traveling solo or I'm just traveling with, um, women is like, what are the risks we're taking and how, you know, how to make sure that we're being smart about it and, but still being able to do things 
that aren't restricting our experience, aren't limiting Mm -hmm. our experience. Um, Mm -hmm. But then, yeah, I think, I think it comes naturally for us, but I think it really is something that like, it literally came out of that Morocco on the little pit bikes uh, experience of like, wow, like you, you can have a completely different experience if you're traveling in a vehicle versus traveling on a motorcycle versus traveling on a bicycle. Like those people are crazy or walking. I've done the Camino um, in uh, Spain and in in Portugal. And when you're on your feet and you're walking all day and you're relying on the goodness of people like that, again, working on trust factor, working on, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, taking, taking chances and talking to people and, and, Get, yeah, getting out of your comfort zone in, in a foreign place. And that foreign place can be Kansas, you know what I mean? All right. Anywhere. Anywhere. It can be, you know, the next small town next year or whatever. But it's, it's like, yeah, what kind of, yeah, what are you projecting? And then what are you welcoming in? And I am mm-hmm. all, I'm usually so protective, um, finding ways to push that boundary for myself where I'm like, have to be more open. I don't have a way to roll up my windows and escape. I have to talk right. to people. I have to engage. I have to ask for help. As someone, mm-hmm. my that's another reason why I'm good at my job is like, oh, I'll figure it out. But then like, you don't have to figure everything out. Being able to ask for help. My God, that was a mm-hmm. huge thing that came out of that Morocco trip too. It was like, just ask for, just ask for help. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> that's a huge lesson to learn. Mm-hmm. That's a really hard thing to admit to that you need help. Yeah. Being, com- being comfortable with that vulnerability, be- realizing that's not a weakness, that's actually a strength to be able to mm-hmm. ask for help too. And the stuff mm-hmm. that you learn from that too, I'm like, you can't possibly know everything. So, you know, being able to ask for help and, and opening yourself up to learning from other people is, you know, it require. I think that requires travel. It requires you to get out of your, mm-hmm. your home comfort mm-hmm. zone as well. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like that, um, that, that bit of conversation right there dials back to what I said earlier about, um, speaking about your dreams and your hopes and your wishes and, and your, your desi- the things that you want to do. As soon as you start talking about them, then you start having conversations about them. Then you find people that want to do them with you. Uh, or you find like, oh, I have this hurdle. And then you never told anybody about it until you did. And then you find that person who can fix it for you or teach you Mm -hmm. about it. And then that is how you just progress. Right. And then you start doing one little trip and you're like, oh, that was fun. Um, Let's what's the next one. What's the next one. And, and it's just a cyclical cycle of like wanting more. Yeah. And that's where I feel like, like uh, Rebecca's philosophy is, is so applicable, whether you are just starting out on a journey of adventure, yeah. like you, you are maybe like deep inside yourself, having to just let yourself have the thought of something you want to do. And then you share it with other people and then you start to plan and, you know, you're mm-hmm. growing as a person in that way, whether you're in that place or you've been adventuring, doing things, you know, very active for years, mm-hmm. but you've hit a plateau of some kind, yeah. you know, the way Rebecca will look at the whole situation and look at herself and then think, well, what could I do that would challenging challenge me in new ways that would get me out of whatever my comfort zone is now? You know, maybe I have to learn a new skill, go to a new place, work with different people, um, find some way of doing that. And that's why I think it's a helpful philosophy to people who've been after this for a while too. And maybe they're feeling a little blase or just, you know, like they're, they don't know what to do next. And it's like, well, maybe it's time to really think outside the box about yeah. this. The monkey bike through Mongolia mm-hmm 
is so different from like, well, where, where am I going to ride my 1250 GS next? You yeah. know, it, um, it, it's so I, I love how it's your philosophy is applicable to all kinds of stages. Rebecca. Yeah. And it's, I think um, it's like, yeah, the adventures don't have to be bigger and bigger and whatever. It's more like, how do you look at it to, to do it maybe slightly differently? Take a different mm-hmm. change the location, yeah, change the people mode, with the mode of transport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk about your goals beforehand. They don't necessarily match up. There, there's a challenge. Then how do you figure out how to have your kind of adventure and their kind of adventure and and build something that you're you're um you're doing it in a different way um, with different people mm-hmm. that don't necessarily match up with everything that you it, that's, but that's life. Like you're not going to be constantly surrounded by people who have exactly your same goals, your same passions, your, you know, the, they want the same thing. So how do you find some great compromise? Maybe that's like, oh, Hey, I, I'm not very good at compromise. <gasps> what a great thing to practice. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There's a lot of self-awareness. I, I hear you talking about Rebecca, <laughs> like coming from all these adventures, like where you really do get to know yourself. Yeah. It's the best way. And I, I just really know, I think that it, it's, I know like we're talking about it, like it's my philosophy, but I just feel like it's just a way to practice things that you're not in that uh, situation in your normal life. I mean, you are, but you're not going to learn those hard lessons as fast as if you right. put yourself in an, in a more intense situation where you, you have to. And it's almost like, a physical practice of those that then translates into a softer application in the rest of your life. But the fact that you're having mm-hmm. be, be in an intense situation, be in, in something that's more extreme or requires more endurance or whatever that those, mm-hmm. those things are almost like they get into your muscles and easier yes. to call recall when you're in that situation again, in in a boardroom or in your living room, you know, or whatever the case might be, where you're, it's not as extreme, but that is now like it's part of your DNA now that you've mm-hmm. mashed that lesson into yes. your brain and your muscles exactly. into your into your exactly. being. Um, mm-hmm. I think that I mean I that it works for me, but I I just think that it's possible as humans that that's how we can learn intensely mm-hmm. and like incorporated into your being absolutely so i'm curious um how many of your adventures would you say were your idea versus things that you were invited Mm. on Mm, good question like do you find like you're always like hey emmy come on let's do this let's do this or she is she sometimes like well no no no, i I have an idea this time (laughs) oh my god give me a bottle of wine and i will come up with like 1700 adventures for people to go on that never see the light of day i have a girlfriend um who who doesn't let us leave an adventure until we have plans for the next one and i'm like i love that right like i'm i'm not on the calendar but like she is so i kind of look to her from like i need i need your help yeah there we go. Asking for help. I need your help putting things on the calendar. I am definitely the instigator. So, I think most of the time and <laughs> I was going to guess that, but, <laughs> uh, and I, I think it's, um, it's mostly, you know, motivated by what, obviously what I want to do, whatever. I'm not like calling people up, you know, what you should do is mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. should be working on, you know, like, no, no. <laughs> telling your friends what to do. No. <laughs> I believe they'll be you're asking them to come along with yeah, you. Yeah, right? and, and you pick your team. Here's the other thing, though, is um, and being a, a being a small um, individual as well is 
um, I also have to think of like what I'm capable of and what it kind of situations I'm putting myself in and whatever and, and doing stuff by myself. And, and again, my mother going, what are you thinking? Um, but I, I will, I will not allow myself to not do something because I can't find someone to do it with. Mm -hmm. And my next adventure, I was like, oh, I'm doing this. And Mm-hmm. don't know i mean it was the same thing with mongolia where i was just like mm-hmm. it's like i'm i'm going i'm gonna go do this i may not yeah. know anyone, welcome, but, but i'll make friends yeah. on it or whatever and that i don't think i would have been able to do that before but i just worked towards that where i'm like i'm not going mm-hmm. to let an adventure or an experience pass me by because i don't have someone else to share it with you meet people that you can share it with and how awesome is that you know the next adventure I'm doing um, is being coordinated by people I met in Mongolia and mm-hmm. they put together this adventure and I'm like, Oh, they're amazing. I don't care what it is. I'm, yeah, I'm taking, I'm I going. like it. <laughs> and it's got a great, it's got, a, it's got great goals. It's got great um, social impact. It's got, you know, all the, all the check marks for me mm-hmm. and it's also terrifying. So I'm like, okay, what am I going to learn from this? No. <laughs> I don't really have a specific goal going into it other than survive. Um, but but it, it's like, I, I called them and I was like, I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to convince somebody to do this with me because it's, it's not, I don't know anyone who does this. I knew one person. I know one person who paddles. This is paddling the Amazon in Peru for 300 kilometers for six days for like five to seven hours a day you're paddling. And uh, I know one paddler. And I, I did call her. <laughs> she was busy. She's busy. She's going to do it next year. But, okay. but I didn't think I could talk Emmy into it. I She was interested, but I think it was more of a FOMO of like, you're going on an adventure. You know, I want to go. Yeah. Um, right. And then I think when it sunk in, she was like, meh. Ooh, never know. Um, yeah. But I I just called him and said, hey, I'm gonna, I want to do this. So Count me yeah, in. count me in. Don't, I don't want to lose a spot, but I, I don't know who to right. do it with. And I've got to have somebody else in the canoe with me. Two days later, someone else I met in Mongolia who had a an adventure that mm. made ours look like Disneyland um, called and was like... In Mongolia, in they, they were having that adventure. She, she did the whole thing by herself um, and ended up having... Like our finish line was at 3 p.m., you know, 12 days later at 3 a.m. She's coming in, you know, on a Russian truck, you know, they're, they've got her bike in the back. She's like gone through the Gobi desert. She did things that there was no way we, we would have, or could have done. Um, and she, she rang me and was like, Hey, I'm really interested in this canoe thing. You know, da, da, da. would you consider? And I was like, being your partner. Yes. Yes. <laughs> wow. You betcha. Like it's gonna be an adventure of a lifetime just because we're gonna get lost. It's gonna be great. <laughs> what? Which is not easy to do in today's world with all the tech and everything there is. You know, it's 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 hard to find yourself lost if if you're paying attention well, if you're to that stuff. We're supposed to be and... on the river. Apparently, we're not supposed to be making any wrong turns, but I'm sure something is gonna happen. I don't know. But she's you know she's interested in seeing wildlife, and I would prefer to stay away from wildlife. No. Mm-hmm. Anything in the Amazon. Then. I don't really want to meet a crocodile. And so, maybe, nope. yeah, Mm-mm. I don't know. Terrified. Yeah. I, okay. I think that's awesome. But we've had great communication that's, that's... of like what our goals are. And I know the type of right. person she is. And it's not the type of person I usually travel with because I like people who, I mean, uh, I plan a lot 
And then I'm willing to throw it out the window, but I want to plan and I want to be safe as right. possible. She is spontaneous. She doesn't think in advance. She's like all the things that, that scare me about someone I'm now I'm feeling responsible for them kind of thing. So it's right. going to be a challenge, a test, yeah. how I can let that yeah. go and let her. Mm -hmm. And it's been our goal from the beginning. Cause she was like, I'll try to plan more. And I was like, no, 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 no. You do you, because it's how you have a great adventure. You do your MO. I'm going to do my MO, which is to mm -hmm. plan and make spreadsheets. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, <put> spreadsheets. Yes. <laughs> and I'll <laughs> share them with you if you want. She's like, oh my God, that sounds so exciting. And then she sees them and she goes, oh Lord. This will be a whole separate kind of, you know, I don't know what will come out of it, but it, I'm sure it'll have something to do with our different approaches and how we can learn from each other. Mm -hmm. But really, I'm just looking forward to learning how she handles challenges as they slap her in the face because she obviously mm -hmm. is really good at surviving them and she's got a great attitude about it. It's all part of the adventure. Right. Something goes wrong, you make a mistake. Oh, cool. You I've know. learned so much <laughs> from how you answered Leah's question because we're, we're, we're working on a podcast idea of on this topic of how we find adventure buddies. You know, mm -hmm. how, how do we find partners for adventures? And, mm -hmm. and, and I really like learn from how, you know, Leah was saying, well, you don't just tell other people what to do. Like you, you have some idea and tell someone else, oh, you should try doing that. Right. It's coming from inside. You know, you figured out something you really want to do and you are determined to do it no matter what. And it sounds to me like, like the lesson I'm taking away is in some cases you find your partners along the way, just right. by following through and continuing to do it. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, sharing your ideas with the, with people who might jump just on. like-minded mm -hmm. folks. And you tend to yeah. gravitate towards the same kinds of things or whatever, but I've always thought we, I mean, big lesson I learned from the gazelle and then doing the rebel, cause the rebel was something mm -hmm. that I just wanted to do. It didn't matter who with. I knew I couldn't do it with the previous partner because she wasn't that into what we did on the gazelle. Um, it just wasn't a good partnership. And then the rebel, actually, the rally actually hooked Emmy and I up. We had a very intense, serious conversation about how our goals needed to match up. What were they? And we, I learned you had to be, you have to be very specific and not just like, well, I want to do well. What, what does that mean mm -hmm. to you? What does doing well mean mm -hmm. to you? I'm like, well, what it means to me is I want to try as hard as I can until I can't try anymore. And I want to do right. my best. And I don't care about how anybody else is doing. I want to do my best. But for someone else, it might be, I want to do well, meaning I want to beat everybody. I want to beat everybody else. I want to be the best, whatever yeah. it is. So you just have to, it's a self-examination of like what really is important to you. But the whole idea about finding partners in adventure is is listening to each other and allowing for that room in a competition it's one thing where you really Correct. do need to be seriously aligned but then outside of that it's like how do you allow for those different things and right. that's a huge thing that i continue to work on because i'm i get so heartbroken when someone doesn't have the same passion for something or the same mm -hmm. commitment or the same preparation you know or that that they don't care because I care? Like, how do you not care? Like, you see how much I care. Shouldn't you care that, that I yeah. care? You know, that's, you can't push that on. You can't make no. them. And yeah. that 
has been, I mean, I'm still learning that lesson. It's really hard um, to sink mm-hmm. in. So I keep putting myself into these situations until maybe it starts, maybe it's sinking in where I'm like, you, you can have your adventure. They can have their adventure. You don't need to be hundred percent aligned, but you do need to be aligned enough where you're, you're at least going to go through it together. Right. You're going to, mm-hmm. you're going to engage in the same things. Like you don't want to go on something that someone's going to quit in two days when you were there supposed to be there for 15 something like that i feel like that's a huge there's a big difference between um i would say the average american is probably more like i'm gonna go six days here a week there two weeks like a month tops like we're talking about biting off adventures here and there throughout our life or whatever as opposed to um people who are like well we just packed up and we're living on the road now like we are traveling the world we are worldwide travelers like that's usually your spouse your kids your your immediate family like you you very specifically chose them but when you when you have the flexibility of saying like i'm going on the six day amazon mm-hmm. adventure well most of us are going to survive six days with you know regardless hopefully. like who, who you pick, hopefully like you might be like well maybe next time i'll pick somebody different but or you're gonna be like that was awesome and like i do i'm gonna do another adventure with that person yeah. um but you know the time factor i think that the length of the the adventure can dictate who you choose um and and it changes the what the changes the allowance of what you're doing yeah, yeah. of what makes well, sense and what doesn't right i talked about doing the rebel rally with my mother and i was like oh, oh we should consider what that might look yeah. like for our future relationship <laughs> wow that was what a way to to grow a relationship with your parents we are sure. my mom and i are doing um an eight day grand canyon river rafting trip in august and i feel like it that's the endurance part of it right is the rebel rally it's all kind of like the same thing it's eight days in a tent it's gonna be very hot um but you take the competition out of it and my mom and i are gonna do great in that situation um but like just like you said there's a there's a huge difference between signing up for a competition with somebody versus just throwing out an idea of well, this is what we're gonna go do. yeah well, I feel like we're we're going to have to have that episode on adventure partners, and Rebecca might have to join us again for for that yeah, one. I'll bring, I'll bring uh, my adventure she's got a lot of insight. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, we we usually like it when we're live in the studio, um, you know, filming over there. We have this hourglass, Rebecca, and we we always flip it so we can like keep an eye on things, right? So we're not just going off into the weeds for mm-hmm. hours. Um, and I'm, and I'm looking with, with our new platform. It's like, oh yeah. Okay. Wow. We have been talking for over an hour. So, okay. I'm thinking as host, I probably should try to wrap things up. And as I do, I, I, you mentioned in our pre-conversation, something about, uh, maybe like next year's rebel rally, like mm. driving. Oh yeah. yeah. Like and that being a shift for you from navigator to driver. Yeah. You want to. To fill us in on that before we say goodbye. Well, um, Emmy is now doing the live show. Um, we uh, didn't do last year's together because we had the um, Rally Jamil in Saudi, and then we did the Mongolia adventure. So we were like, we're going to take a a break from the from the rebel. But then she ends up doing the live show, and she's amazing at it. So she'll be doing that in the future. And so I um, have been thinking about what do I what do I want to do next and. Um, I definitely want to, I want to tackle uh, a different role. And so that mm-hmm. challenge and what am I going to, you know, face with that? So um, mm-hmm. we've always trained for each other's jobs uh, a bit. So I've done driving training before, but this year now I'm focused on driving training and I've got um, someone who's going to um, hopefully navigate for me. And I think the challenge, some of the challenges in that are going to be like, I mean, in that rally, you want to, 
I know you guys, actually, Leah, you and Sedona did um, uh, flopping of roles. We did. And I yes, cannot did. imagine that because you kind of get in a groove um, when you're, I do for sure, get in a groove and and mm-hmm. think in, in either driving or in, in navigating, but I definitely get in a mm-hmm. groove in navigating and, and mm-hmm. Emmy's always been a great driver and she definitely gets in a groove. So I can't imagine switching. Um, yeah, I, we just both wanted to do both. And um, I, I find navigating exhausting. I love it. And I, especially it, it's very satisfying and like to get to your, where you are going and all the things. Um, it is exhausting. So I knew right away that I, I couldn't do that for seven days. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to know how. It's super so, tough. And yeah. the, we were one of the few teams that operated in that way. Yeah. There's a, yeah, there's been a few that have through the years have done that. And it's really, I mean, that's amazing, but I'd like to, cause I want to improve that part of my skill set, And so mm-hmm. eight days sitting in that seat and, and going through uh, all the different terrain, it's definitely, it's great intense um, on the job. Uh, yes. <laughs> where, where are you getting your training, Rebecca, for driving? You mentioned Jimmy Lewis from Motorcycles. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine you're working with a trainer or something. Rebel U um, is one of the um, the. It's a great vehicle for for learning um, both navigation and driving. And they don't necessarily. It's not about like how to rebel. It is how to drive off road, mm-hmm. off pavement. How do you analyze your vehicle? How do how do you analyze? Um, mm-hmm. your own uh, positioning, everything, everything. Um, mm-hmm. And there, and it is actually in the, in, in the environments that you're, that we're competing. So you're like, you're in, you're in it. You're in the, uh, the you're on route essentially. Yeah. It, this is not a classroom right. kind of stuff. So it is, it's hands-on and it's right. In the so it's, mm-hmm. that's amazing. But also mm-hmm. with Nina uh, Barlow, I've taken training with her before. I'm going to hopefully get a chance to do that again. Um, she's amazing. Um, and then, yeah, we had Nina on the podcast not too long ago, talking about mm-hmm. off-road training mm-hmm. and skills training. She's, she's amazing. spectacular. Mm-hmm. She actually, um, I hired on our last shoot that I did, uh, in Utah when we did Moab and Southern Utah and brought her in as a four wheel drive specialist for this content that we were creating for GMC, their new GMC Canyon AT4X. And we oh, right. really wanted it to be authentic all public trails. Usually we get to cheat and go on private land and stuff, but uh, for commercials and other shooting, this was all had to be authentic public trails. And we had influencers Mm -hmm. that know uh, obviously how to drive off road, but my crew had varying experience. And so we brought her on as a four wheel drive expert. And she also is on the board of tread lightly. And so Mm -hmm. DMC was over the moon. We had clients who actually care about how we're representing vehicles and driving off pavement mm-hmm. and that is a, a nice evolution that has been happening in advertising content and as i've been doing um car commercials and particularly anything off-road um the 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 response from consumers the response from us as as real um off-roaders and overlanders, mm-hmm. anyone who drives off payment, our response to how they're representing the vehicles in those scenarios has made a difference and, and clients mm-hmm. are listening. And GMC was very specific. And in the first, really the first time everyone was aligned in a way that we cared about how it was represented, but also how we executed it just as a production, not being wasteful, being uh, super um, strike force, like little expedition style, least mm-hmm. impact possible on the trails and, mm-hmm. and, and driving in the way we, we actually drive, not 
blasting mm-hmm. through rivers, not blasting through mm-hmm. the trails and doing donuts and crazy stuff that you normally yeah. see. It's just, it, it was amazing. And uh, Nina was a great, she was such a great asset for all of that. But then she was also just great feedback. Like, I'm so proud of how you guys have done this production. And it's like really mm-hmm. a pleasure to be mm-hmm. with people who take it responsibly. And it's not about just what it looks, because you can make a you can make a truck look really cool. You don't have to be a mm-hmm. jerk, you know, driving around. And we want to represent that. We want that to be how we're uh, influencing people who are just getting into it or like, oh, that's a cool truck. I buy that. Oh, I go, absolutely. You know, do whatever. <clears throat> Represent it in a real mm-hmm. responsible way. And mm-hmm. then we've got more responsible people on the trails. And we're not just, you know, throwing people out there that are like, oh, I've got a capable vehicle. I'm going to go tear up some trails. It's just, no. No, it's just so cool, like how all this is tying together, like the podcast we've done, Leah, with with uh, mm-hmm. Matt Caldwell of Tread Lightly, mm-hmm. yep. addressing these topics. And, yep. and when we talk with Nina, it was the first podcast we did with her about off-road skills training mm-hmm. for driving. And, and her theme in that podcast was mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, when you buy this new vehicle or you mm-hmm. build up your vehicle... Um, to begin with, just thinking about how to use it responsibly mm-hmm. and not getting yourself in over your head right away mm-hmm. and causing damage to the resources, just all those things. So yeah. think of like her, Tread Lightly, and now yourself, like all coming together to create a responsible ad yeah. mm-hmm. to promote, you know, responsible use of these vehicles, which are so capable and can mm-hmm. get us out for so much fun, so much. but it won't last if we don't do it responsibly. Right. If so we're not in a, if it's we're not, essential that yeah if, if we're not re, if we're not driving responsibly on these trails it's why they get closed and so mm-hmm. we, yes exactly and if we're not taking responsibility as advertisers as content creators as anything if we're showing things that are irresponsible on the trails even though it looks cool it's just it's it's not good for our, our hobby our, our yeah. Yeah. and we're the ones that are yeah. impacted so it does help if we speak up it helps that we um Mm-hmm. talk about how that influences uh, the driving mm-hmm. on the trails and stuff. And and it is, it's amazing to see the evolution and that that is actually mm-hmm. important to the mm-hmm. manufacturers because they're not the experts. We, we are, we're the ones out there on the trails yeah. doing the things. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that they let yeah. going the places, yeah, they yeah. let me bring, mm-hmm. you know, they let my director bring in me as an expert. I brought in Nina as an expert, like that they're listening mm-hmm. is really spectacular. Right. Yeah. So do you feel confident in your, skills now you feel like you're ready you have some feel like i feel like i'm never gonna be ready (laughs) but it's gonna be like i'm and the thing is like i have to trust myself that i'm gonna do everything i can to get myself ready so feedback i've gotten from from nicole um patel from Mm -hmm. chrissy beavis from emily miller Mm -hmm. from nina barlow Mm -hmm. from emmy emmy hall who you know Mm -hmm. i just drove around morocco with um and from lynn woodward you know everyone everyone's feedback is very encouraging and they all um you know appreciate my well if i can do it you can do it i have (laughs) very strong faith in that (laughs) well i i I am excited to continue to watch your adventures rebecca and to follow what you're doing and to check out the ads you're working on creating professionally uh, so much exciting work and passion in everything you do. Um, it's been an incredibly inspiring conversation, and I hope we can get get you back on here. I would love that. Thank you. Yeah, after Peru, if I yeah. survive, if I survive Peru, is that coming up soon? June. <laughs> June. I'm nowhere near so, ready. I'm nowhere near ready. I mean, it's just it's just paddling. Like how Let's hard do it? Can June. <laughs> Not like rapids, wow. right? No, it's no rapids. No rapids, right? 
class two. Um, it go one okay. class one and two. Yeah. So nothing okay. too crazy. Nothing terrible. But up to yeah. eight kilometers um, an hour, I think, or something like that. That's oh, not bad. I don't know. Yeah. So no. where can people find you if they want to follow your adventures? Oh, yeah. Rebecca? Uh, Instagram, um, Rebecca Donaghy, uh, just R-E-B-E-C-C-A-D-O-N-A-G-H-E. Oh, yeah, right there. <laughs> that just, just as simple just as all that. all the way across. No, no periods or anything. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> well, thanks uh, for joining us again and for all you've put into this podcast leading up to it. Really appreciate it, Rebecca. Uh, hope to see you on here again soon, and we'll definitely be following. Leah, any final thoughts? I just, I've, like he said, I jumped in. I knew who you were. We've done a few little things that are little, parallel and, um, huge things. Little, well, it was a big thing, right? I mean, the rebel's a big, it's a huge deal. thing. Um, <laughs> but it is, but also, like, I didn't, I didn't like grow up doing that stuff. I didn't mm -hmm. like that was me saying yes. Like, mm -hmm. I took that opportunity and said yes to it, and it, it's led me to some pretty crazy places uh career-wise and even now so yeah um i was just thrilled i think it's funny just like you said what you'd find like your um you found your career spinning into like what you were doing in your personal life well that's kind of where i'm at right now like these things that i've been wanting to do or my, my husband and i had planned on doing are now things that i'm like literally working for what's going on but that's because you throw it out to the universe and suddenly mm -hmm. it's what's happening start working towards it yep. so, yeah well speaking of that leah it's been so fun having you co-host and i hope you're back on co-hosting again in the near future this Thank is you. i had a great time it was really fun um just it's it's just great to talk about stuff good stuff you know <laughs> the stuff that life is made out of yeah, totally <laughs> totally that's why i love this work um mm -hmm. well we, we hope you all enjoyed listening thank you all and we'll see you next time Thank you so much for joining us. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really helps. We appreciate your support. And until next time, stay adventurous. Stay adventurous.